Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices will it'll blow your mind. Kalani Sataki is going to be on. Coming up in about 20 minutes, questions for the BYU football coach. What do you want to know? Tweet him at us. Grab your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic feature. Send questions. in. Yeah, has anyone done that yet? Nope. Well, let's do it, people. Get your questions for Kalani. What do you want to know? About recruiting? About coaching changes? About the ability to close out winnable games on the road? About competition for playing time at key positions? Quarterback. Who are they bringing in at running back? What's going to happen there? We're going to see some more grad transfers. Obviously, they brought in two guys. I thought both those guys contributed. Then, obviously, they both had injuries, and that was that. Yeah, I don't know. The soup guy did a whole lot. He didn't do a whole lot because by the time his chance came, his injury came pretty quick. But Yeah, I don't know that that would have mattered. That's a nice way out, but... <laughs> Think he would have been a bust? <laughs> I don't know if he's a bust. I mean, there's a reason why he left. It wasn't because he was getting the ball in abundance of times at Rice. I mean, let's call it like it is here. We can let him save face with the injury issue. That's fine. But was he a big-time player for you? Probably not. Well, he certainly didn't win the job right out of the gate. That was Williams. He was averaging five yards carry. He looked like he was on to something. Soup was averaging four. If you're... Not expecting injuries, you're foolish. Your record's seven and six. You had a bunch of injuries, and your record's seven and six. So, how do you get to eight, nine, or ten? We'll talk with Kalani about that coming up. That's the important thing. I think this program needs to take another step. I don't think this program is capable of taking two or three other steps. I'd love to see it, but I've got to be honest here. I can't just say what they want to hear, I've got to say what I believe. And I think that uh, getting nine, 10, 11 wins out of this program now with the schedule as constituted is going to be darn near impossible. You keep striving for it. You never give up for it. And if you need guys like me to motivate you to prove me wrong, fine. Have at it. Whatever works. Yeah. Uh, But it's clear they've got to get better players and they need more of those better players. And so when they have these injuries that they can sustain them because they're going to have them. And, you know, who's going to take over for receivers? They're losing some uh, big-time receivers, big-time relative to their program anyway. And so who's going to step up? Micah Simon uh, is wide receiver. Tight end Bushman had more yards. But Simon led the team, but he was a senior, obviously. So yeah, there's 600 yards of receiving gone. Right. And so those other guys who've been in the program, they haven't really taken off. I mean, Romney came with hype, and so far that's what he has, hype. I want production. Put the hype to bed. And, yeah, he's had injuries too, but whatever, man. It's it's all about production. And as Whittingham has said a trillion times, nobody cares about your injuries. And then one time he said it, and I said, I do. He said, no, you don't. Right, I don't. <laughs> Is that because he was looking for a fight with you, or he thought you were wrong, or see all of the above? Well, I just wanted to know, let him know that I care. Uh-huh. I don't think he felt that. And he wasn't having any of it. He just quickly snapped back, no, you don't. <laughs> no, but your point about Romney, the three wide receivers who were in front of him statistically were all seniors. Right. And those guys are gone, and they take 1,600, 1,700 yards out the door. And who's going to replace him? And Romney's the first guy we look at. 
of the guys who are returning, he's a leading wide receiver. And you got Bushman at tight end, who statistically was had more yards than any of the receivers. Well, it's a great addition to have come back right. to your ball club, no doubt about it. I mean, that's super happy for them that he decided to come back. Is he's a player? Get him the ball as much as you can. I'm all for it. But they're going to need some other dudes too. And who are those guys going to be? And then obviously, you know, what are they going to do at quarterback? I don't think at the end of the season, given his injury issue, that Zach Wilson has solidified beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is the returning starting quarterback in the way that we had him going into this season and the way Jordan Love was going into this season, the way Tyler Huntley was going into this season. Well, going into next season, I think the answer on that is absolutely not. He has not just demanded that he be the starter. He may win the job, but that job's got to be wide open. And he needs to find a way to keep himself himself healthy too because he missed all of offseason last year. And I know that's uh, all that BYU media. Well, you know, he's only really had one season because he started midway through and then he, okay, fine. What are you? Seven and six. I don't give a rat's you know what about any of that stuff. You're seven and six. And now he's a junior. And now he's got a ton of starting experience. Well, that's what they do. Well, he really only has a year's worth because, you he's know. He's got a he, little more than that. I get their point because he's missing games, but, but that's still quite a bit. I don't care about their point. Once you get to 10 or 15 starts, you've got quite a bit of experience. And their fans don't care about that their that point either. That's the thing that that's the disconnect between the BYU media that constantly makes excuses and the fans. The fans don't want to hear it. The fans know we beat SC in Tennessee and gagged to Toledo, South Florida, and Hawaii. That's all they know. All the other stuff is a bunch of blah, 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 and whatever. Who cares? Win games, guys. Win games. And then when you win games, the funny thing is, you don't have to complain about the referees. You don't have to complain about a goal line fumble. Yeah, your goal line fumble, and they should have had 47 pylon cameras and the three witnesses should have been at the goal line. Great. How about you get a first down on third and two? Well, you're averaging uh, 10 yards a carry. <laughs> it would seem you could do that. Or, yeah. or you could throw a pass behind the line of scrimmage and let the Hawaii defense off the hook. And give them an extra timeout. Yeah, so and let fine. Score in four Blame it on points. ESPN because they didn't have a pylon camera. Great. Your, your fans don't want to hear it. So stop saying it. Hold them accountable. Hold everybody accountable every day. And figure out, why the freak did you not get the job done? And then turn around and go get it done. That's what it's about. Do you like that? You like that, the three witnesses? I don't even know what that means, but I've heard that. (laughs) I always waited for some reaction out of Yach. But Yach's been really busy in there. (laughs) Is it it really busy or just making work so, you know, kind of just deflect and not have to deal with whatever craziness might be floating your way? Mixture of both. Well, do the fans care? What do you care about more? Uh, BYU fans, rally around me. Do you care more about you did not get a first down on third and two or do you care about that they didn't have a pylon cam? What the fans really want, I don't even know if they into that. They really thought that moment running out of the stands after the USC win was cool, and they want to do that again. Well, everybody that's, wants to do that again. That's, that's what obvious. they want. So, let's do it. But was the reason for the loss to Hawaii 
or one of the reasons is because they didn't have a pylon cam or you didn't get a first down on third and two. And you're supposed to have somebody says something, they've got the 12th best offensive line coming back. Yeah, well, you didn't believe in them then. This great offensive line, people just said, we don't believe in you, so we're going to throw a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage. That's what that screamed to me. We don't believe in you. Running back, we don't believe in you. We don't trust you with the game on the line. To get two yards. We don't think you're good enough. Thanks for averaging 10 yards a carry, but you can't get two and we really need it. Isn't that what it screamed? Because that's what it screamed to me. And what did you scream in your living room? On the night before I was celebrating the the birth of Jesus. All right. They're gonna. Can, can you repeat on the radio what you screamed in the man cave on Christmas Eve when? <laughs> oh bleep! So tell me, what is it? Was it the pylon cam that screwed you, or you didn't get a first down? I want to hear from you. From Payson to Lehigh. <laughs> oh, you going hacksaw? From Reno to Durango. So they went west to east there? Uh, yeah, you did. That was good. And your geography. <laughs> Durango. Geography and they both ended in O. I like it. So I thought that was catchy. <laughs> Up and down the Wasatch Front. Into southern Idaho. Into western Wyoming. I say, well, Evanston, don't leave that. I want to hear from you. Was it the pylon cam or was it you didn't get third and two? What is it, guys? And if I'm wrong... I'll do what I normally do. I'll humbly apologize. <laughs> I thought you were going to say nothing. <laughs> I'll do what I normally do. I'll do nothing. I'll humbly apologize in the manner that I do with complete and total humility. Oh, that's great. Because I just I have that ability. I'm the, at my core, I'm humble. Sweet. Yeah. That's what we appreciate. You, you just got to strip most. away a long way to get to the core. <laughs> <laughs> it's down there. But it hasn't been seen. So this program's, I don't know that it's good enough to get 10 wins, but it's good enough to get 8, 9 wins. I really, really believe that. Well, we thought they had a decent chance at 9-4 and four with two games left in the season. And of then they lost them both, and that put a completely different spin on the postseason. Agreed. All right, DJ and PK, we got to get to break. Coming up, Kalani Sataki is going to join us. We can run all of this by him. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz wrap up a three-game road trip in New Orleans tonight. They play the Pelicans, 6 o'clock, AT&T Sportsnet. The Zone's coverage begins at 5 o'clock, but it really starts at 3 when PK fills in on the big show. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Lakers lose. First time they've lost to a team with a losing record all year. Orlando beats them 119-118 thanks to Markel Fultz's triple-double. Rockets have lost three of the last four. They're beaten by the Blazers 117-107. to Utes are at Arizona tonight. Pac-12 game, 6.30 on the Pac-12 Networks. Both teams 1-2 and two in conference play. BYU hosts the USD Toreros at the Marriott Center, 7 o'clock on BYU TV. Top of the Wire brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing to get your winter furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? 
The Jazz beat the Nets' 10th consecutive victory. Joe Ingles tied his career high with 27 points. The sixth time he scored 27 points in his career. And by the way, he hit 27 with about five minutes to go. Come on, last Joe. Night's break game. the record. <laughs> so he was exquisite last night. He was on fire. Six of eight from that three. That was a thing of beauty. The Jazz had eight turnovers in that game is all. When the Jazz hit 50% of their shots and eight turnovers, that you can live with. That is beautiful basketball. And they think they can get better. And I agree with them. Turn this out. Catch the Big Show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Questions for Kalani Satake. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us audios, your questions, your comments, your thoughts. We'll run them past Kalani and get, get his reaction. We have compiled a list of things to talk to him about, and we'll do that when he joins us here shortly. This is a big offseason. A couple of 7-6 seasons, momentum can stall. Or junior quarterback, 16 starts under his belt. You could really take off and have a big year. I think they can have a good year. You got the schedule to make a splash, turn heads, get noticed. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Love it. Got multiple Pac-12 teams on it. All beatable. Got a taste of some other. Minnesota really pumped themselves up this year with their 12-win season. They really don't have any, like uh, like last year, we thought. They got no chance against Washington. Yeah. I don't see it anyway, unless I'm missing somebody. Am I missing anybody? As it sits here right now, I mean, you never know who's going to take a big, have a big right. year, and like uh, nobody had a shot. But I, I look at Missouri and think, well, why can't they win that game? Yeah, right. Arizona State, why can't they win that game? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess those are I guess, all decent teams potentially. But is this the year they finally beat Utah? Utah's going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, yeah. Got to replace a whole defense that's off to the NFL. Right. Right. Yeah. So Michigan State wasn't all that, and you no. got them at home. Yep. Utah game one and Michigan State game two, right out of the get. Get go. Yeah. Boise worked last year. Stanford was a mess. San Jose State's got a new coach. Well, the new quarterback, they had a senior. Who knows? Yeah. You know, a lot you, of question marks. Yeah, we change regimes. They you just don't know. They won't all be negative. There'll be some they're positive answers. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a decent team, yeah. but it's not like, oh my gosh, they got no shot. And plus, you got the Aztecs coming into your park. So Houston's yeah. coming off a of four and eight. Those are all representative teams, but none of them scream at you. Oh my gosh, we can't a, beat these. You're guys. a top ten team, and, and they're going to crush people. Yeah. I don't think so. Right. If you had, uh, well, this past year, you know, if you had LSU, Oklahoma on your schedule. Yeah, we felt like they had no shot against Washington going in the season, and the, the, the tone and complexion of that game although the way they had no Although shot. the way Washington finished the season, I, I now wonder, well, why did they get blown out in that game? What was the difference between Washington and SC? Washington beat SC early in the year, but they didn't embarrass them. They didn't Scored a touchdown late, I think, to make to it, open a it up a little. Yeah. But it was pretty close. It was a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching it. Yeah, All these games are winnable. Now you're not going to win all of them. 
and particularly on September 19th, you're not going to win. That's at Arizona State. <laughs> See you in Tempe. Be 114 on the field at 9 o'clock at night when they kick that thing off. Oh, no, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. <laughs> it should not be a 1 o'clock kickoff. <laughs> if you end the game with 22 players, you've won. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Joe here. He drank 37 gallons of Gatorade, and he can still crawl towards the sideline. And anybody, any fan who's at the game and goes for all four quarters gets free season tickets the next year. One guy wearing a tent on his head. (laughs) It'll be hot. For sure it'll be hot, yeah. Even the night games are hot that time of year, aren't they? uh Yeah. Yeah. Will it still be 100 kickoff? Or is it ah, all the way down close. to like 92? Yeah, it, it'll be very close. It's not that you're in the process. At, when you get to the middle of September, the only thing you really have going for you is that it's ending soon. It hasn't ended yet, <laughs> but it's ending soon. The worst is behind you. Bunch of masochists at ASU, man. I'm looking at their <laughs> schedule next year. They open with NAU at home on September 3rd, so that's just going to be hot beyond belief, right? Then they have a road game. You're thinking, oh, they're going to get a break in the weather. They go to Vegas on the 12th. <laughs> Do they get to play that in the Dome, or they got one more year outdoors for UNLV? No, I think the stadium's supposed to be open this year. Woo! Some AC, thank goodness. Yeah, I think, uh, is it Vegas? Double-check this. Is it Vegas Cal? Who is it? The first actual real game that counts is Vegas somebody. As opposed to the – because the Raiders will be there this year. Yeah. With exhibition games, so I guess Vegas can move in then too. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a Pac-12 team Man, we, with well, UNLV. Who was the writer who said it was a bowl game? It might have been BYU-Cal, but there was a oh, writer. Oh, Mark Anderson. And he said, so this is what this stadium looks like fall. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're going to go into a stadium that's twice the size. I hope they have a curtain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they had for um, when BYU went and played yeah. Cal in the Sam Boyd Stadium. Maybe ASU fans will go up there and fill that thing up for them. <laughs> I doubt they'll fill it. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. Kalani, good morning. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good. So I'm curious here right off the bat, before we look forward, I want to look back a little bit because if these three games had gone different, then the tone of this conversation and every conversation in the whole offseason would be different. You had the three games on the road this year where you had the lead late and you could have won it, but you didn't win any of them. And that's the difference between 7-6 and six and 10-3, and three, which is an enormous difference. Have you gone back and watched film of those games, thought about those games, talked to the staff about those games? What do you have to fix to win those games? Because they change everything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, uh, the natural thing is that after a season to evaluate the entire, um, the entire year of 2019 and – and my job is to try to figure out a way where we can have a lot of consistency as a team. And uh, we lack that. And that's my number one responsibility this offseason. And, you know, going into this offseason is going to be different. I don't, I don't believe in just um, staying status quo and, 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 uh, and, and hoping for, for better things to happen. I believe you've got to get to work. And, um, you know, this offseason we're doing things different than we did uh, the previous four, you know. So, I think um, just looking forward to our guys playing. I think it helps out having um, some return uh, experience, uh, returning players, and having guys that are. Uh, I think it helped having the two guys come back and, and not enter the league. But more than anything, it's, it's a finding a way to develop our leadership and and getting our team to uh, execute at a higher level. And that's that's uh, been goal number one is for us to 
find ways to have more success in 2020. So it's such an unusual year, as you know more than anybody, and you got three quarterbacks there who at times played well. And then how do you approach that going into the start of spring spring ball as far as who the starter is and is it an open competition? Well, every every position you have to battle for. And and I think now that we're um, in the offseason, the spring ball is when you usually see guys step up and start to evolve into uh, and and possibly meet meet their potential, um, you know, in every position. So, of course, quarterbacks not going to be any different. Obviously, guys that have some experience and, and have been through it a little bit have have uh, uh, probably have the upper hand. But I, I believe in playing the best guys. I I don't know any other way to do it, you know. So if if there's a that if there's a guy that deserves a play, and no matter the position, and I think quarterback is is the impo- most important position on the team, and so. Uh, as we look at it, you know, we have returning old linemen. I mean, I think pretty much the whole two deep re- returns. And and uh, we have some uh, really good uh, targets for a quarterback to throw to. And I think there's not really any excuse for, for the best guy to show. And uh, whenever we feel the most comfortable and whenever that guy gets the uh, – Gets the job is, is, is that's what's going to happen, and, and I believe in all in all these three of these guys, and you know we're going to always add more quarterbacks. I believe in recruiting quarterbacks, and 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 uh, we should never ever be without one. So there's uh, and you've as a head coach, assistant coach, and, and back to your days as a player, you've probably seen it handled multiple ways. A competition can be open; it can be really wide open. You could give each of the guys one third of the snaps in spring ball, or you know you've invested a lot in Zach. He's got 16 starts. You give him half of them, and the other guys a quarter of them. How do you handle that so these guys each feel like they had a real shot to win the job? Well, I think that there's just plenty of uh, snaps to go around. There's plenty of reps for guys to compete with, and and. Uh, and a quarterback is the same thing. It does. You don't have to. I don't think it's anything that you have to map out. Um, you know, the entire time and say, okay, by this date, uh, we need to have have it figured out. I think as you start to let it just organically happen, let the competition occur, and and uh, you see their their leadership on and off the field, and, and you start to see the camaraderie and the connection, the chemistry work as a team and you know where where we want to get to is where we feel like all those guys can could be able to start at any time and uh and at that moment you just need to play the best one so i think you can um you can organize it and you can have it all happen but i think uh, there's enough reps to go around the guys will compete and um you know we see how they develop as a uh, as a leader and then see the the, the meet, meet their human potential and i think once we get there uh we're in a, we'll be in a better spot but I, the goal is to get more than just one starter and obviously we we felt good about the guys going into the season and you know we had to uh, dip into our depth chart a little bit and um, had some success doing that but uh, for for as a team as a whole we we need to find more consistency and find ways to um, you know perform at a higher level and that comes down to execution and discipline and and a lot of different things it's not like one main factor uh, is the biggest deal there's there's a piece of uh, of uh, improvement that needs to happen in so many different levels and and we're approaching that right now and I feel really good about where the team's at right now with our off-season conditioning program. Do you anticipate all three of them being healthy and able to participate in spring? Because obviously Wilson couldn't do a thing last year with his injury. Yeah, yeah, I believe all, all three of them will be playing and, and obviously Jaron will be playing some baseball as well. But, you know, that never really got into the... Um, Got, became a problem for us last year, and so uh, you know, as long as we get when we get the spring ball, he'll be 100% participant in spring ball, and we have some guys that are going to be um, 
you know, performing for the track and field team. So uh, we'll, 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 we've been able to handle that and, and balance that out. So I think it's going to be really fun. And looking forward to seeing these guys compete on the field. It's going to be, I think, uh, spring football is going to have a, a huge, it's, it's important every year, but I think the, uh, seeing the momentum that was created a little bit from the off season and and the health of our team. I mean, even Baylor was a little banged up um, during the bowl prep, and so seeing our guys uh, get to 100 percent and being able to battle it out—that's the best way to do it. You know, among your receiving core here, your top six guys—you had a tight end and a running back, and they're both back. You had four receivers, but three of them were seniors with uh, Simon Chumway and Hefo all done now. You got Gunnar Romney. Do you feel like number one, he's ready to make a major step forward and be the guy as the lead receiver? And who else can join him? Who else do you have your eyes on? Well, I think Matt Bushman's a good having him there is, is going to be really good for our team. I, I think the tight end position is really important. You look at um, you know the emergence of, of uh, Isaac Rex and others in that position group. We Bentley Hanshaw returned from his mission, so I think we're really set at tight end. The receiver spot, we really need Gunner to, to take over, and, and we've talked about it with with him. And, and you know, it's we, you're right. We've had three seniors that that are, have have, uh, have met, had a huge impact on the team leadership as well. So uh, Gunner is in the position now to to really uh, take over a lot of reps and a lot of catches and have an opportunity to make big plays. And we. We brought him here because he has big play ability, you know, where you can throw him a hitch and he can turn it into a big play, big touchdown. And if you watched all the bowl games, especially in the championship games, you can see how, how uh, much of a difference uh, a, a receiver can, can um, change the, the whole dynamic of a game by being able to just take a, a whether it's a fly sweep or a hitch or, or a, a tunnel screen and turn it into a big play and turn it to a big touchdown play. And that's Gunnar Romney. That's why. That's why he's here. So uh, we've got to do our best to get him in a position to make big plays. And guys like him and Dax Mill, and then seeing others come along like Keanu Hill. That position group, we feel like there's a lot of good talent there, and and uh, Gunnar Gunnar's going to have to be the lead of them. As far as your coaching staff, do you anticipate all of them returning, and then also any sta- any assignment changes within the coaching staff? Yeah, you know we've had um, we've had a lot of. Uh, I guess there's been a lot of interest in a lot of our guys, and, and we've had guys that have decided this is where they want to be, and that's always going to happen. With with the mid-year uh, signing date, uh, the jobs and, and everything has kind of um, gone later into to January and even into February with a lot of um, with a lot of the coaching hires. And so, I want our guys to to perform well, and I want them to have opportunities. We have a lot of guys that I believe if you're going to be a coach, you should want to be, you know, at the top of the game, and then that's some day becoming a, a head coach and having those opportunities and and uh, sometimes you have to make some decisions to get there so I want to really help our, our coaches find ways to to get opportunities and then take advantage of all their opportunities and and I'm going to be one that's, that's going to be really you know um, pushing for them to try to get their dreams and and um, I believe uh, for the most part our guys are, are pretty much set and, and looking at the, the titles and the responsibilities we, we've already made some uh, adjustments in our responsibilities and things that we're going to get done, but uh, I don't think it's uh, really anything to go out there and advertise right now. I think we're going to we have some things that, that, are, that are, we've done within the program that's going to help our, our team uh, function well on offense, defense, and special teams. How much of your recruiting is all set, and how much your recruiting still has to be done with a February date? 
I think for most of the part, we have we have a few guys that, that that we're still trying to recruit, and obviously I can't name those guys. But right. you know, uh, um, going into the recruiting date, we knew that um, the date, the December signing day, would allow us to uh, just keep the guys that have been committed for us for a long long time to just get get the recruiting over with. And and uh, you know, it's it's weird that that extra time uh, when when the whole recruiting process happens, there's a lot of different things could happen with offers from other schools and guys. Uh, Courting your guys basically, and I think I think we've done a good job. I like the the character in our players. I like the the potential, and and uh, you know we we have guys that can come in and, and uh, that we've signed that can come in and play right away, and that's that's important for us. You know, you're looking at the amount of uh, underclassmen that we've had gain valuable experience throughout the season uh, last year. And I think that's going to play pay off huge dividends of being uh, allowing us to have guys that have game ready um, experience, and you know the, the, some of the freshmen and sophomores that play this last year is going to be really important when they make this transition going to the 2020 for them to not be um, you know, cut, kind of caught in the, 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 the spotlight of it all and then now being able to just uh, have some uh, you know, familiar feelings with traveling, with being on, uh, you know, in, in the hotel night before games and, and being able to balance their school and academic, the academics and the, and the rigors of the football schedule. So I think it's going to work out really well for us and then really looking forward to, to this leadership and everyone taking over. And I'm just excited for our fans. And, and uh, I love the fact that we have Kyrus and Matt Bushman returning. That's going to really help us out going into 2020 and looking forward to the stuff that we've already done so far in January, seeing the way these guys have approached the offseason. Uh, there's a huge sense of urgency from them and from the staff. And I, th- I think it should be a, a fun year. Do you anticipate adding grad transfers? That's always, um, I, I guess when you talk about recruiting, you were always open for everything, right? So, um, it, it, it's one of those things with a transfer portal where uh, one day it could change if a kid enters a portal and fits our, our our academics here, and then fits also the the, the student lifestyle. So, I think that's always um, it's always a possibility, and then we have to be able to plan ahead and, and keep a, a a few spots open just in case. So, yeah, that's always going to be in the mix, and that's way different than it's been in years past with the transfer portal. But I think it's good for college football. So if you don't have a running back come your way like you did in the transfer portal a year ago where you brought in two guys, are you set at running back with who you've got? Yeah, I feel good about it. I mean, you know, if we can keep keep our guys healthy. I mean, we have, we've we've seen a lot of guys play that running back position, and but I feel like uh, Lopini Cato is in a good spot now, and 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 has had a lot of valuable game time experience. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I think he's gonna be in a, in a really good spot. We saw Tyler Algier who moved from from running back to, to linebacker and back to running back he has uh, have a huge impact in games and and uh, his style of run is is, is dynamic. And then you know Jackson. McChesney's he's coming back from uh, he's still got his mission legs uh, that he's working out but he's got tons of speed and potential so we feel like there's a lot of guys there we'll get Sionifi now back and to get him healthy and and uh, we feel like we, we've seen some guys that that are on our team that have uh, that are, are young and then up and coming and so uh, you know you never plan on using that many running backs in the season but um, I'm glad that we have a, a good system and our guys are able to step up and make big plays and that also helps having a, an old line that has tons of experience and be able to get out there and, and open up some holes for them. Last thing before you let you go, are you going to make any changes to the defense next year? 
Yeah, I think we have to um, change things up and and and, and uh, find a way to, to create more havoc and and find a way to to make it more of an impact in the game. And and I believe in in our players and uh, want to highlight all their um, all their talents and and when we get the best eleven on the field, uh, using a scheme and using a, a tactics and strategy that will allow us to. Um, you know, function at a high level, and and I, I like defenses that create havoc and and create turnovers and make a huge impact in the game. Where guys are talking about the players, I think we have a big, uh, you know, big. Uh, uh, bunch of guys that play with tons of experience at, at so many different positions and we're going to you know bring back Chris Wilcox and and uh, Zane Anderson will have an impact in the defensive backfield and, but we feel like we have a lot of good players there that can help us out and and uh, we have to uh, put them in a position to have have tons of success and and that means change change is never uh, is never easy but it's always a good thing Kalani we appreciate a few minutes thanks for joining us appreciate it guys take care there's Kalani Sataki, head football coach at BYU. Want to read between the lines on any of that, PK? Uh, yeah, he's made some assignment changes in football, or on the staff, I should say, and he doesn't want to announce them for whatever reason. Um, Gary Anderson went out and put it out, put it all out there. Well, he also mm-hmm. said that there's some uh, guys are looking for jobs and making changes well, a little Ed later. Lamb. Ed Lamb is trying to be a head coach. He's mentioned yesterday he's a candidate for the for Hawaii, Hawaii job, job with Rolovich going to Washington State. Right. He's chased multiple Mountain West jobs so the last two years. So I'm not sure there's uh, anybody else on that staff right now who screams uh, you are qualified to be a head coach. Doesn't mean they couldn't do it, but I don't know that. But somebody else might be looking for a coordinator, and it could be a school that pays more that's looking for a position coach. Someone might be able to well, that would upgrade be Grimes, there. That would be Grimes. Yeah. I, I think A-Rod with his family situation would prefer to stay local. I mean, he's had multiple opportunities to leave, and he's got a family situation here uh, that it's in his best interest to stay local. So there's that. Uh, but, you know, Jeff Grimes not being from here, not being a Latter-day yeah. Saint, obviously, and has all sorts of experience and could probably get a job just about anywhere. And as some of them get settled, yeah. maybe maybe he will. But he didn't want to tip his hand on what guys may or may not be doing uh, yeah. based on and, who else does or doesn't get and jobs. I don't know that Jeff wants to just go back to being an offensive line coach. You'd have to think that he would be able to get something somewhere if that's his goal, but you know, I'm not sure that's what he's looking to do. So I think that uh, you know we're looking at defense and 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 do they make changes there? And do the coordinators when things don't go well, coordinators tend to pay the price. That they do. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. And the show today brought to you in part. By Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. There were four suspected drug dealers officials were on to. They actually tapped the phones. And the way they got enough evidence that they could go in and arrest these guys is these guys went to go collect the cocaine. And it was gone. And what they found was feral hogs had snorted up $22,000 worth of their cocaine. <laughs> 
That's when those pigs came up on that uh, on those bars of cocaine. It was go time. You know you're going to lose me for a segment. When you, do that. <laughs> you want to hear what a uh, pig man sounds like on coke? <laughs> those poor pigs. You're right. They're probably dead. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It was the first down all the way. What a bonehead coach's mistake. That was just ridiculous. Come on, guys. Use your heads. Go for the first down running the ball. Hey, Kalani, who's the better golfer, you or Kyle Whittingham? Really, PK's always got to slide in a little reference to our religion. I assume he thinks it's good-hearted, but I'm kind of sick of hearing him make fun of Mormons. <laughs> what was it? He assumed what? He doesn't like that you make fun of Mormons. And I heard the last part, but he assumed you, you talked over it in our ear. He assumed what? Play that again. Really, PK's always got to slide in a little reference to our religion. I assume he thinks it's good-hearted, but I'm kind of oh. sick of hearing him make fun of Mormons. I'm making fun of Mormons. Give me a break. Some of my best friends are Mormons. There you go. I love there the Mormon. There you go again. I love the Mormon people. Okay. <laughs> See, and you think everybody gets you now, and it's clear they don't. Not everybody. A okay. large portion. It's an ever-growing bus. <laughs> How was I making fun Mormons, rally around me right now. I need some Mormon love. Give me some Mormon love. As an active Mormon, you're not making fun. Yeah. Uh, And you're on my side. When he says that, am I the only one who thinks of HBO's big love? Rally around me. I need some Mormon love. That's just still on, is it? Is it still on? I have no idea. I hope it's not. No, but that's what I thought of when you rally around. I need some Mormon love. Get on our app. Get on our app right now or send a text. Am I making fun? nasty or good-hearted having fun with some of my best friends who happen to be Latter-day Saints, and they've got friggin' Pioneer stock. I mean, I know guys on my block are named Young, and they're good people, and I'm grateful to have them Have them be my neighbors. Are there, Come any, other, on. Are there guess, any other popular names on Andersons your... Andersons yeah, Sorensons. Right. Come on, what we got going so, on here? No hatches, thankfully. Dang it. <laughs> some by the ways, some Farnsworth. The by the ways, the Farnsworth. Come on. I love the Mormon people. There's no bigger defender of the I Mormon people than me. How could you say that? I'm on the front line for you people. I went over to the Parleys. Come on. To watch a game on the big TV. I love you dearly. I root for BYU. Are you kidding me? How could you say? Who, who sent that in? Patrick. Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Come on, Patrick. Are you kidding me? I think I'm a friend of the Mormon people. (sighs) Okay, well, we're about done with this segment. (laughs) It's the truth. Well, you didn't get accused of religious bias, so it's easy for you to blow it off. I didn't drop three witnesses either. How am I doing, Yash? I was making a point. The three witnessing thing was actually pretty genius. I just happened to be busy at the moment he said it. I was making a point that we were so worried about not having a pylon and you cam. Made, and you made a valid Wait a point. So you didn't witness to the genius of the three witnesses because you were busy? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
well, you got work to do. You know, I get it. So come on. I was just saying, the, what what got under your skin more? The fact that they didn't have a pylon camera, or you didn't get a first down on third and two? And I, B. Bash I comes thought, at me third and two without question. I thought you were launching right into there. <laughs> what PK have did? <laughs> <laughs> and to say that I'm negatively or mean towards the Mormon people. They are fine, fine, fine people. And we'll leave it there. Tony and Austin are coming up next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.